Hey, Combo Nation, we are here and welcome to episode 361 of Combo's Court. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. Share this episode on your social media platforms. That's right, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Share it in your basketball group chats, man. Let them know you're listening to Combo's Court Podcast. Today's show, Pierre, through the wire, Bleacher Report, Friday Night Lights, joins in to talk playoff basketball, and more. It's always great having P on the show. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Friday Night Lights. Hey, it's crazy because people hit me up. I know we were just talking about haircuts, but I guess I'll switch the subject. You know, people hit me up. What happened to Friday Night Lights? It was so good. I'm like, bro, we're still doing Friday Night Lights, man. I don't, I don't, I don't blame them though because we did have a. But you know what I realized <laughs> when we were doing it, we were still in in part of the uh, the pandemic. Mm. So. Bleacher Report, uh, Warner Media, everything, everything was kind of shut down for a while. Like they really wanted to make sure things were clear before everybody started back resuming work and traveling. So we just had a bunch of time to always be available for the Friday Night Lights. And um, once, you know, the vaccine and a booster, everything started happening, I've just been traveling more. My, my availability on Fridays have become super inconsistent. Um I remember one week they had me in like three states in four days. I went to Vegas. I came back home in Chicago to do a shoot. And then the very next day I had to go all the way back to California, came back. We had all-star weekend. It was, it's it's been, it's been a mess, but um, I think that's the real reason. It ain't because we don't do it or don't want to do it because every time something silly happens, I'd be like, damn, I wish we could talk about it on Friday night. Like, I think I hit you up about like the KD stuff. I was like, man, I wish we could have a Friday night lights. Like this KD is just, going too far most definitely and we could talk about that because i wasn't hardly agreeing with anything on twitter except some of your tweets that were talking about the overreactions on twitter which was crazy but my point about friday night lights actually is is that i think we lost some people not lost some people i think when we went to instagram to twitter i wasn't even talking about the miss fridays which all all of what you're saying is true um we both have things to do sometimes on Fridays, you know, we, True. we might not, we not, might, we might not even be in the same, like we might be traveling or whatever, but I think we, when we switch from Instagram to Twitter, some people on Instagram just thought we weren't doing it anymore. They were like, what happened? You know? Right. That's the, that was our older crowd. Like my dad and yeah. the, the older guys, they don't, <laughs> my dad still be like, man, uh, he's the one that actually says it a lot. Like, man, you and combo still the thing because he don't understand what a space is. is. He yeah. can't even grasp how to join the space. He, he said one time he came in, he was trying to talk. He didn't even know how to get in and then speak. So Instagram was, uh, you know, for our older mature crowd, like my pops and them. So uh, it's just that, I don't know, the spaces was better just because everybody could freely talk. Once, once Twitter allows something like that, you know what I mean? I think they could catch up to the spaces. 
I mean, you just mentioned you texted me about the KD thing, and the KD was it was so crazy because everybody was so quick to rush to Twitter with their anti KD takes. And obviously we have to hold KD accountable. He had a bad series, like, and maybe some of those overreactions look somewhat okay in hindsight. Right. But they're still overreactions. Like people were so hyped to just run with the, with the crazy KD takes. And now we're seeing, come on, top 10 lists with no KD in them. Come on, man. Come on, come on, come on. I've seen that. I've seen Kevin Durant as a fraud. I've seen Kevin Durant as overrated. That's why I draw the line. I'm all withholding players accountable. I'm like, I, that's just a part of the game. And I think even players um, expect and respect when they're being held accountable. But when we start pretending that somebody's legacy is skewed or swayed a different way uh, because they had their first struggling playoff series, it's ridiculous. Kevin Durant has been around for quite a long time. And this is the first time we've ever seen him struggle in like three consecutive games, which is still crazy to say. And, you know, not even to be the excuse guy because they did lose. And I think a lot of that needs to be about Boston. That's one of the disappointing, you know, uh, things about all of this is that the conversation is about tearing down Kevin Durant, Kyrie uh, and the Brooklyn Nets instead of praising the Celtics, because I think they're the that's the true story is how good their defense is to be able to have KD struggle the way we've seen. Um, and then on the flip side for, for Brooklyn, I, you know, I'm an even keel person and I'm not a buyer. I don't root for the Nets. I'm actually a Nick fan. Uh, but I still think that they have a lot of things that kind of was weird and murky, like the Kyrie situation, obviously the vaccine not being able to play consistently is definitely a, a part of that. Even James Harden, uh, being traded. And then you get Ben Simmons who never plays. It, it, it's been a roller coaster season for them. Um, so they do have some some things. And the last part about them is that Ben Simmons is contractually going to be there for a while. Uh, he just has to, to, to find a way to play. Um, Kevin Durant is going to be there. And I'm assuming that Kyrie Irving is going to resign. So you still have this team that you're going to have to worry about. And they're going to have next year without as many hurdles, uh, because I didn't even realize combo, but. James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant played two games together this year. It seemed like more. I know they didn't play majority of the games, but two seems low. Yeah. It's crazy because I thought they played more than that. And the thing, I mean, you mentioned Ben Simmons. The thing about Ben Simmons with the Nets and everything the Nets have been doing lately, it feels like we don't ever know what's going on. Not that we have to know everything that's going on, but when there's a lack of transparency and you're playing that bad, I just think that's a bad combination. I think so, too, because I don't – I'm just confused on the whole process because if me and you are on a team, just say uh, you're the GM or the coach and I'm a, the player for you, I would think that there was somehow – it's hard for us to not be on the same page. Like, they got guys up there expecting him to play. They thought he was going to go four, uh, and then he's like – on IG, he got the eye emojis when he's dribbling. He's, you know, doing a press conference talking about his IQ and what he's going to bring to the thing. And then auto automatically, he's just not, he's not out. I feel like collectively, good organizations, let it be known. Me in particular, Combo, I've said it a thousand times um, on, on, on the Through the Wire podcast. Whenever you haven't played an entire year or majority of the year, um, I, I'm not with coming back. You know what I mean? Like the team has gotten used to playing without you. Unless you're one of those guys, unless you're an MVP, unless you're Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, you know what I mean? A top five player, you should just sit out, let the team do what they're going to do, and we'll just run it back next year. 
um, because it's just like so many things transpired during the NBA season. So if you've missed the entire year, throwing you into the fire just not only sets you up for failure, but there's a unfamiliarity with the players. Roles are have to be redefined and renewed, and that's just too late in the season to do that. So I never even understood why they even flirted with the idea. Um, I get trying to see him in the mix with KD and Kyrie somewhat to have some idea, but after what he's been through, um, I would have just let him sit. You know what I mean? He had all of last offseason. He sat out this year entirely. You would have gave him this offseason too, and then you just give him a regular, uh, what is it called, a training camp, preseason. Yeah. The situation dies down because he was a trending topic. And then when he got traded, it kind of fizzled out, but it only came back up because people expected him to play. Yeah. And to your point, I think when they have a full off season and Ben will be able to play and hopefully KD and Kyrie get to play a whole season. I think you bring Nash back. Me personally, I know people are saying fire Nash. I think you bring him back and see what he could do with a full team with Joe Harris back and just give them like a normal season because he really hasn't had a normal season yet. I agree. I said to yesterday on the podcast, which is funny. You basically said the same thing as me. I was 50-50 on it. I understand why people have him on a hot seat. I'm, I'm a very understanding person. But, yeah, when you take into context everything that he's Nash has dealt with, I don't feel like I know Steve Nash as a coach. I really don't. I mean, to not – Kevin Durant has missed time. Kyrie has missed time. Only play home games. Uh, James Harden was there. They coached – they had last year's playoffs where it was just Durant by himself, um, you know, you got Blake Griffin, Aldrich one year. Now you got Seth Curry, Drummond, Ben Simmons is now. It's just a lot going on. So I think Brooklyn um, and the people on Twitter all need to inhale, exhale, enjoy this time off, and really get to the drum board. But, and yeah, I don't even – man, Joe Harris. It, again, it's just so many different avenues. It's, this team could get better and be different next year. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see the offseason that they have. But I'm not going to overreact. Kevin Durant yeah. is still a Hall of Famer, all-time great player. Uh, and Brooklyn is still going to be a team that you have to watch out for um, next season unless something crazy goes on that I don't know coming. That's interesting. You said you don't know who Steve Nash is a coach yet. We agree here, but to play devil's advocate against us in a way, is do you think some of the reason for that is that KD and Kyrie are running the show? Yeah, I think you could say that. I think you could definitely say that. As soon as Steve Nash was <laughs> hired, didn't Kyrie say something like, we all going to coach something like that? You know, hey, you know hey I mean? not, not only that, he left them out saying in this press conference saying, yeah, BKD, Sean Marks, the owner. Going to make the figure, decision. We're, we're going to figure this out. He didn't even mention Nash. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think that goes <laughs> to part of that. But I think that's also ownerships, you know, and Sean Marks. Um, that's what happened when you try to get those players. You know, there's pros and cons to everything. The cons to trying to go out and get these superstar players is a lot of times they want to be involved, in, un unless you're like my guy, Pat Riley, who ain't going for none of that. That's a fact. But a you even fact. see the Lakers. I look at the that's Lakers, and I think I look at that mess, and, you know, the report, or not even a report, out of Magic Johnson mouth, he said, they were looking at, DeMar DeRozan and then doing the Buddy Hill trade, but Anthony Davis and LeBron vouched to get yeah. Russell Westbrook, so right. Rob Palinka made that move. Yeah. So it's like, at some point, I'm going to respect your opinion and, and, and pick your brain as my player, but at the end of the day, this is my job. 
and I got to put the team together because Rob Palenka, if that blows up in your face, you're the one that's going to get fired. LeBron ain't going – Lakers ain't trading LeBron, but they'll get rid of a Rob Palenka. Same thing with, with Brooklyn. Sean Marks, they're not trading Kevin Durant, but they'll get rid of you. Yeah. To your point, like you always talk about the chasing names thing, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not always a recipe for success, and we're seeing that right now. But somebody who – a good friend of mine who works in the NBA was talking about how, and I never really thought about it in this way, that some of these teams don't have a choice from the business side of basketball. Like with the Nets, those guys decided to go to Brooklyn together. Mm-hmm. And when you're the Nets, there's going to be some collateral damage if things don't go right. But from like a box office point of view and the business of basketball, you really don't have a choice if you're the Nets. When Kyrie, Katie, and James say they want to come in a way, you know? No, for sure. Um, and I, I, I can understand that part of it. Yeah. It's just that uh, a lot of these things get tricky. And that's because yeah. me and you and, and a lot of the people that we know, um, that we talk to, we're basketball people. So um, we we prioritize basketball over business unless it's direct yeah. to us. You know what I mean? We want our right. bag and everything. But right. when we look at the NBA and roster construction and how to compete, we're going to value winning basketball. Those people – who run those teams that your friend is alluding to, which he's absolutely right. Their dollars is over the basketball. They're owning a team. I, a lot of owners, very small. I, I would, I would bet the very small portion of the owners are actual basketball friends. I mean, fans, they probably like basketball because it became a business venture, but right. I doubt any of them have the passion and that me and you have, you know what I mean? Because it's just well, different. Well, the knowledge too, because Bomber obviously has the passion. Does he have the knowledge? Right. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> so some of them like it, like him, I can't take anything away from him. But I, I can see some other guys that are probably just like, yo, it's a business venture. I'm investing a lot of money. So now I'm going to become a basketball fan. But prior to owning a team, they could probably care less about basketball. They just yeah. are rich and they have money and it's an, it's a venture. But what I always, because my dad used to say that about like, oh, they're drafting this guy. He's going to put seats in the fan. For me, you know what makes you money more than anything? Winning? Winning. Winning yeah. makes you money. The, yeah. the, the Phoenix Suns, and I could be wrong because I don't have the, the, the facts, but if the Phoenix Suns make a, a championship run again, or we can even go off last year, the Phoenix Suns probably generated more money on their championship run than the Brooklyn Nets did this year. Yeah. So it's like, I get I get those aspects where it's like, man, we the, we the Brooklyn Nets. We can get these stars. Who's going to turn down our stars? And it can make so much money. People going to buy jerseys, put seat, butts in the stands. But even a team that doesn't have that much star power can put butts in the stands because they're going to compete. They're going to win. And when you win, you have playoff appearances. You you go further in the playoffs. The, the higher the uh, conference or the higher the playoff round is, the more money you're charging a first-round game price ticket is different than the Easter Conference Finals. You know what I mean? The Hawks last year had a good team, and I, I guarantee their revenue went up because they had an Easter Conference Finals run. So I'm all, I, I just don't think that there's anything that you take away from having a good team. That's my thing with, like, not necessarily tanking, hardcore tanking, mm-hmm. but, like, losing games and understanding that we're not a good team and we're going to rebuild. A lot of people go against that. That was a conversation me and my dad have had plenty of times with, like, but, you know, most owners don't want to lose money, but it's like you're sa- you're not losing money. You're just sacrificing, because if we accept that we're not good for three years and we rebuild, we're going to make that money back 
when we compete. So it ain't like I'm just saying waste money, but you have to plan and say, it's just like podcasting. You invested in that logo behind you, the mic, the headphones, the set, um, the camera. It's not wasting money. You just know you're going to make it back in the long run. That's the new, the, new, the new camera. We're clear now. You know what I mean? You feel me? So it's just like we talk business <laughs> and basketball as well, but the business also don't make that much sense. Right. We, we do have to give Jason Tatum his credit. He's so do. great. Yes. Um, but I would have to say this comes to a bigger conversation, P. Okay. Because when do you move off your priors when you're thinking about two basketball players, right? Because of this one series, I can't necessarily tell you that Jason Tatum is a better basketball player than Kevin Durant. Like, Kevin Durant was playing at an MVP level all year. Yes, this series was bad. But now, within four games, Jason Tatum leapfrogs Kevin Durant. I, I can't get with that, P. I, like, me personally, I can't get with that. And I think Kevin Durant is still the better player, in my opinion. It feels like you watched the podcast yesterday. It's the <laughs> conversation that came up. And oh, I, for real? I, yeah, I asked the guys. It was like, because, uh, you know, I'm seeing things. Me and you are both, we, we both are aware of what's going on. So I asked the guys, you know what I mean? And um, I think it just came like somebody, maybe one of them said that they would take Tatum or whatever. And I was asking the question, like, why? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, because of one series? Like, when, wh why is it? Why is that the thing now? Because it's Kevin Durant. And I'm not even, I like Kevin Durant, but I've never been somewhere vouching or arguing for Kevin Durant. But I just call a spade a spade. And it's like, Nobody was doing this for LeBron James. Yeah. No. Le in all the times LeBron James has been outplayed, there were still some people tried it, but they were just LeBron haters. That's a big difference. They're going to always try to discredit him. But we've like even now, like LeBron ain't in the playoffs, but we're not putting Jason Tatum over LeBron, are we? You know LeBron what? Ain't in the playoffs. No, I agree with you. You know what it is? I think people, and I've talked about this before, I think people look at LeBron as like a legacy act as of now. Like, almost like everything he's doing, and it should be the same way for KD. Like, everything he's doing now is icing on the cake. He's like, I don't want to use the word done, but, like, I don't know. It's it, now, like Ke take, Kevin Durant is still here, people are thinking. You know what I mean? I'm going to take that from you then. I'll, I'll accept that. And then I'll flip it and ask you this then. What people are thinking, first of all. Not what Kyle yeah, was thinking. Yeah, what people are thinking. I'll take right. that, that perspective. Okay. And then I'll flip it on them and I'll ask. If that's the case, then why are everything that Kevin Durant is doing getting compared to LeBron? Because a part of those tweets that me yeah. and you have seen was like, oh, man, if, if LeBron played like this, if Le and they're right. But th my response to that is LeBron is not Kevin Durant. I've never thought LeBron uh, or Kevin Durant was a better player or had a better career or better legacy than LeBron James. I thought that that was made clear. Once you yeah. establish that. We don't even have to have that conversation. It don't matter with LeBron. Yeah, you're right. If LeBron would play that bad, we would be because he's LeBron James. He he's a guy. We've never had Kevin Durant or Michael Jordan conversations. We've never. It's only been LeBron, LeBron or Jordan, LeBron or Jordan. Even as silly as that debate is, <laughs> it's that debate because LeBron has been that great. He's been held up here. I I've, I swear I've never heard anybody ask me who would you take, Jordan or Durant, because we don't even view Durant like that. So of course. LeBron is going to be held more critical because LeBron is also held more higher unless you're a LeBron hater. So it's like, that's my thing with Kevin Durant. Like I do like KD, but KD ain't a guy that I'm breaking my neck to uh, defend or vouch for. I don't need me to vouch for him, but it, it's just these silly uh, 
silly perspectives that just don't aren't consistent. It's like you hold him to LeBron James status, but then he's not LeBron. Then it's like Jason Tatum is better than him because he had a better series. And I can name so many people who have outplayed each other in a series because like if Jason Tatum gets uh, outplayed next round by Drew Holiday, uh, Drew Holiday is not going to be above Jason Tatum. I'm telling you that now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And part of part of Jason Tatum outperforming him is the fact that he has a team. Jason. Oh, no, I was in- just about to say that, like, yo, there's a huge team dynamic when it comes to basketball. It's a team sport. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like comparing. If we flip them, does anything change if we trade Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant? We put Kevin Durant on the Celtics, and they're able to defend Jason Tatum as a team collectively. How they defended Durant? Does anything change? No. The the Celtics sweep the Brooklyn Nets if they literally switch. Yeah, I mean because that's they, another conversation. People are talking like Jason Tatum locked up Kevin Durant. When he no, did, they, they, they gave they, him bodies. They, they, oh, they threw five bodies at him. Come on. And, and I love Tatum. Not yeah. to take away anything from Tatum. Just yeah, to make yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, what are your biggest takeaways from this Sixers, Toronto Raptors situation? Because everybody, you know, people like the Raptors. I mean, I, I love the Raptors. I think I, I love the way I love their culture. I love the way they they uh, acquire long, lengthy, athletic players and they kind of like they want to teach them how to shoot i feel like that's what they are you know but um what do you make it of this series versus the sixers i mean they're starting to give them some problems now it looked like it was going to be easy peasy for the sixers in the beginning of this series but now the toronto raptors are making adjustments nick nurse is obviously you know he's like a basketball savant with the adjustments um what are your biggest takeaways from this series my biggest takeaway is that james harden is who i thought he was and this is why i did not want them to go get james harden This is why I preferred them to, you know, I was a big Anthony Simons guy. I felt like he would cost less, Uh, even hell, CJ McCollum. The the price of James Harden compared to those two names that I I put out there, the cost is a a lot different. You know what I mean? We talking about if you go get CJ, you potentially keep Drummond and Seth Curry. You know what I mean? You potentially get something back. But because James Harden is such a, was such a high ass. I mean, I mean that age well too, the way CJ's playing, like, (sighs) Oh man, Oof. I was just more. I, 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 I'm not here to slander anybody because I don't like slander. But James Harden, I have a thing with him because I feel fooled and bamboozled because I thought he was something different than what he is, which is fine because I still think he's a good player and could be a good facilitator. But so much comes with him, and it's like if you're not being that MVP version of, of James Harden, you're gonna have to do other things at a higher level. You know what I mean? You have to be more engaged off the ball. You, you know, you can't be ball dominant, but you're not putting up 35. You used to, that makes no sense. That's where I start to like the options of Anthony Simons, CJ, uh, a lot, a lot better. And I know a lot of people thought I was ridiculous talking about Anthony Simons, but I just love the way that he can play on the ball, off the ball. He was younger, he, less expensive. Uh, it's still all about MB. There's no, no ego that you would ever have to worry about. But even with CJ, we'll just use CJ. Um, the Raptors got a chance, Combo. I know we've never seen anybody come back from 3-0. The Raptors have a chance. Uh, the first two games that you mentioned, the first game specifically, I even said on a podcast like uh, a week ago when the series first started, the Raptors, it, it was it was mind-blowing to me. They were playing a, a, a defense that was supposed to be disruptive. You know what I mean? Every time Joel would get the ball, they shade him, they run into him, but it wasn't disruptive. They caused no turnovers. Like the first game, it was like a three-turnover 
uh, game from the 76ers. And it's like you're running this chaotic defense that isn't causing chaos. The 76ers still look comfortable. Maxi is hooping. Tobias is making threes. Danny Green made threes. Everything looked great. Okay, cool. Second game, Fred Van Fleet comes out on fire, right? Yeah. And then he does nothing else the entire game. But one of the things I took away is, okay, they were a little bit more disruptive. They they caused a lot more turnovers. They didn't let the 76ers get as comfortable. And in those first two games, the 76ers shot 30-plus free throws in both of those games. Now you go to Toronto. Game three, Toronto Raptors outplayed them. Joel Embiid made an MVP shot, which I think in hindsight, we're going to value that shot even more. We valued it in a time that was a very big shot, but I think even later, is going to look, especially now, at 3-2, they're going to, that shot is going to be a lot more valuable. Um, but the things that I took since they went to Toronto, even in the game that they lost, the free throw discrepancy. The, the most amount of free throws since game three that Philadelphia shot is 25. They had 25 one game and they had 20 the next two or the other two. So that's five to 10 points that you're taking off the board. Uh, they caused them to have like a 20 turnover game. James Harden fouled out. James, uh, the others besides Embiid have been quiet. Maxi hasn't had a game like game one since. Yeah. Tobias Harris hasn't had a game like game one since. Um, and, and it just looks more disruptive. And on top of that, not that you hope for it or you, you want it, but Joel Embiid hurt his thumb. Yeah. And you know so, what I've noticed? They're attacking him. On D, they're almost targeting him at times because I feel like we all know that defense is a play with your feet. Like you got to slide those puppies. But if you can't, if you're not confident in your swipes and blocking shots, I mean, that could have big impact on the defensive side. It can, it can. And when you go to Toronto, you don't have Thibel. Um, and even when he is playing, they're not guarding him. And, uh, you know, that's another body that you have to play. Like a George's Niang has to play a few more minutes. And Pascal Siakam is going, that's barbecue chicken for him. Yeah. So I, I think I think they have a chance. When they were first initially down 3-0, I'm like everybody else. I've never seen that happen. I'm, you know what I mean? I thought that they would lay down. But they're showing fight. And for me, I'm not in a locker room. But just from what I'm looking at, it, they look like a team that's literally just trying to take it game by game. You know what I mean? And if I'm Philadelphia, I'm worried. And I need to step up to get this done because another thing that I didn't mention, the last game they won was in Philly without Fred Van Vliet. I definitely thought they were going to lose that game. You don't have Fred and you're on the road. Yeah. And Scotty Barnes was just hobbled himself. Your rookie of the year. Shout out to you. That would have been your boy. Um, <laughs> I'm worried if I'm Philly. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that they, they're, they're definitely going to lose it, but I, I think the Raptors have a better I'll say it like this. I'll give the Raptors a 47% chance to come back and win in the last two games. That's high because they have to win two before the Sixers win one. Man, so the most interesting series to me, P, is uh, Minnesota-Memphis, in my opinion. I mean, that series is fun, bro. And I always talk about it to me. Minnesota has the better hoopers. Memphis has the better team. That's just my opinion. I mean, I know they have John Morant, so that opinion sounds crazy sometimes because they got John Morant, and he's obviously a hooper hooper. But what... What struck me about John Morant yesterday was just how much will he has. Like, my one of my favorite quotes is, when there's a will, there's a way. And John Morant has will. Like, he's going to will his team, even though I feel like they're the better team. He's going to will his team to victory in this series. But Minnesota is super fun. And, you know, how what I've always been saying, Anthony Edwards, in my opinion, is the future MVP. I mean, this series is just great, man. Yeah. 
Um, Ant has been phenomenal. Yeah. I'm disappointed in the Timberwolves, though. Just a little bit. And what way, P? Just the fact that it's a couple things that they probably, damn near, this series could be wrapped up, if we're being honest. They blew that lead. They went on a 21-0 run that game. That that was very disappointing. Um, that goes on them and the coaching. But that that's a win. That's legitimately a win that you now don't have, and now you're down in a series. And even last night, Anthony Edwards made an incredible shot, but the gamble on the steal for John Moran to give him the layup to win the game, I just didn't understand. And that comes with youth, I understand. But, like, you could – that those two things are literally stopping you from now being advanced in the next round potentially. Yeah. And that – that's all. I just think that they're a lot. They're they're better. They're a good team who could really have done something special and really made some noise and really done something for themselves. Um, and even Carney Towns, like some of the games that he's had early in the series, was disappointing. Like I don't. Yo, I don't bro, it's just like bro, you're you're tapped it on Twitter, bro. Did you see the tweet where dude was like Carl Anthony Towns was doing a Kobe impression? Yes. Yes, bro. That was weird. Like it really looked like Cat was acting. Yes, and I, I we even that's why I feel like we talked about that on the podcast. And I know a lot of people, you know, Kobe. Is I, I showed that tweet to somebody yesterday. Like I took my phone and showed it because it was crazy. It was crazy. I'm a big Kobe guy. I love Kobe, and I know I love, a lot of people rest love Kobe in now. rest in peace. Rest he, in peace. He passed away or whatever. But I watched that and I said that to myself. Like sounds like Kobe a little bit. But I didn't say it on Twitter. You know, that's just something you put in your mind. I don't think anybody else sees that. Then I see the tweet that you're talking about, and it wasn't viral yet, but I'm like, oh, that's funny. I, I thought that to myself. Then it went viral, and I'm like, okay, so I'm not the only person. People, Because I was scared to say anything. I felt like people would think I was reaching. I was trying to down him, but it was it's real. He li- That's literally sounded, even in the impersonation, like the mannerisms. Yeah. You, you know what's crazy? <laughs> Yo, recipes, Kobe. Even if we took Kobe out of it, he's obviously acting like somebody. He's not himself there. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes, for sure. The voice with yeah, it, it, it was weird, man. It was weird. Cat, I don't know. I don't get it. I what don't is, get I it. mean, what is he trying? To, I don't know what he's trying. Like, just be yourself, bro. I don't just know. Just be yourself. To, yeah. I don't need. I, don't I like Carlton Towns as Carlton Towns. I don't need him to be anybody else. Yeah. Um, for this team to be successful, do you feel that, and eventually has to take on that number one role and then that's their path to victory that's uh, their mean, path to contend if that happens then they're a really good team you know what i mean like if that happens because carlton town is always going to be a very good player always going to yeah. be an above average top three arguably center in a league so now if you if you have a player that's better than him yeah and especially because i think they're cut from a different cloth i think it's going to take a lot more to push and around to for him to fold Carney Towns, we're seeing some 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 things and some habits from him that may not be the best for number one. You know what I mean? He can sometimes be bullied. He can sometimes be taken out of his game physically. And, and I think that's tough when he's leading the charge. And you don't want to always have to have a guy like Pat Bev to motivate the guy. Sometimes you want it to be your best player. And Pat, man, Pat changed the culture there, man. Like, he really did. Like, obviously, and I, I talk about, like, they have the Hoopers. Pat brought something they really needed. And to Cat and to the our points about Cat, like he has been through a lot, so I think that might be some of it too. You know what's going on because, he, I mean, it's been tough. It's been tough years for him. 
It's been a few tough years. It has, but some of this was before that. Okay, too. okay. That's, Even in that's the first fair. playoff series, I don't know if you remember when they played the Rockets. He what, struggled. What, in. Was it like a funny interview going on too, or it was just more? No, it was play? just the play. Just more specifically the, the the act, the way he played, and you know, Chris Paul. They would switch because it was the Rockets, and they would have Chris Paul guard him at times, and you know, it was a big thing about him not exposing that mismatch and not taking advantage. Even uh, even yesterday there was a play where like. Ja was guarding him and they let D'Lo like go one-on-one with a terrible shot at the end of that game. And I just didn't understand how Cat is a floor spacer in that situation with Ja on him. But yeah, it's, it's been a cool series. I, I expected more. Yeah. I mean, the injuries is a big talking point when it comes to this playoffs, right? I mean, there's a lot of injuries and I do think it opens the door for some teams like before this playoff started, if you would ask me, do the Mavs have a chance to win the title? I'd be like, probably not. But I think in the situation that we're in now with Devin Booker and so many other guys who are banged up a little bit, I think it opens the door for a team like the Mavs and other teams as well. So if the Mavs win, they would play against Pelicans or Suns next round? I think so. I have to look at that. That would be extremely that would be extremely interesting. You know, I pick Pales in seven. I'm not mad at you. Yo, B.I. Hey, this is a bet forget B.I. Um like B.I. and Jason Tatum is a good question. Yeah, my dad just asked me the other day. Uh, I took Tatum just because of the step he's taken defensively. But then I thought about it like seven hours later, and I was like, man, if I probably put Ingram on the Celtics, he could probably do the same defensively. I like I like I'd say Jason Tatum's a better player. I, and I've told you this before. I like the way Brandon Ingram plays offense better than Jason. Tatum. Yeah. It's like, you know, he gets he's a tough shot maker. Brandon he Ingram. Is. I'll give Jason Tatum the moment right now. He's doing his thing. His team is killing. Yeah. But I won't be surprised uh, that Brandon Ingram will catch up. You know what I mean? A lot of the talk is going to be to Jason Tatum. He just outplayed Kevin Durant. I'll, I'll let him have his moment. Um, yeah. The point we're trying exactly. to make is that Brandon Ingram is as good as well. It, it, it's more to big up Ingram, less to tear down Tatum. We're just saying how good Ingram is. Exactly. And I'm happy that he's on this stage because, you know, I love Brandon Ingram. You know what I mean? We both have loved Brandon Ingram for a while now and everybody else gets to see. Yeah, most definitely. Devin Booker, Zach Levine, Brandon Ingram. Come on, man. You know what it is. But, um, hey, we got to talk next before we get out of here. What should be their uh, draft focus, P? Best player available, which is never the answer I give. But in this particular situation, in this particular draft, um, I think just best player available. Go and get best basketball player. Don't get a guy that has tremendous upside. Don't get a guy that mm. you think is uh, the most athletic. Just get the best player available who's the best basketball player. We're seeing certain themes that I think are going to change the way teams draft. Um, you look at the Pelicans, Herb Jones and Jose Alvarado. Grizzlies. Two four-year players. Grizzlies. Uh, even, yeah, even the Grizzlies. Um, two four-year players, defensive player of the year in their respective conferences, power conferences, the ACC, the SEC, are now making an impact in a playoff series uh, against a, a legend like Chris Paul. And even what you said, the Memphis Grizzlies, Desmond Bain, um, and those guys, uh, Tyus Jones, even though he didn't get drafted by them, there are still very good basketball players out there. You know what I mean? And I think uh, that's the focus I want the Knicks to go to. Don't chase a name. Don't chase the upside. Obviously, upside, I think, is like the first five, seven picks. You know what I mean? You got to go with those guys. They're, they, the potential is just out of the roof. But at a certain point, you got to be able to get some guys that can play basketball, man. Got to get yeah. some guys that play basketball. And the Knicks, we haven't had the best history 
uh, early in the draft, we've had some guys that I think they went upside, upside, and it didn't turn out the best way. So let's let's get some good basketball players, man. That should be it. Draft sleepers. And I don't, that, I, I don't know who's going to be the best player available when we draft. But Yeah, yeah. Well, nobody knows who's drafting where yet anyway. So um, draft sleepers, like what's up when – Anyone ask me like a draft sleeper? I really don't have like a specific guy this year that really uh, piqued my interest. But I would say that people are sleeping on the G League Ignite guys, in my opinion. Like Jaden Hardy, elite shot maker. I think that translates just like it did for Jalen Green and Anthony Edwards. And he's not the athlete those guys are. But mm-hmm. I think that kind of stuff translates. And we talked about how much better college basketball was going to be this season. And it was because of the NIL and. True. The crowds are back, and it was great. And I think a lot of those guys just got more attention than the G League guys. But I think Bo Champ and Jaden Hardy are going to be really good, and they're going to be steals in the draft. Are there anybody you're looking at in terms of um, draft sleepers? Um, I don't know. The draft is so all over the place these days because yeah. some people value this guy. Some people don't value these guys. So I don't know who's a sleeper, but I like Bryce McGowan's out of Nebraska. Um, I like EJ Liddell out of Ohio State. <clears throat> I think he can be a late mid first round uh forward that can help a team um you know who i i like that you didn't name who dyson daniels from the g league Yo, he, he is good man he is steady australian point guard yeah he is good man he's a sleeper i think he may be my favorite out of all the g league guys wow that's interesting i really really you like know him. what's crazy i think they're probably all in the same draft range about now right Potentially, they're, yeah. like, they're like in that it's in the middle. Some of them might be lower middle. Some of them might be higher middle, but they're in the middle of that first round. I right think now. personally, that's how this draft is. You have like that first group. And then I think it's just where everybody else is going to be drafting it. I think like it's going to be a weird draft because until we know the draft lottery and what teams are picking, but yeah, it's like you have Chet, Paolo, Jabari, Jade and Ivy, whatever order you want to put those guys in. Uh, maybe even Shaden Sharp and Keegan Murray. Now you put those guys with, And after that, all of these other guys are kind of in the same tier and it just depend on who likes them more. Um, but yeah, I like Dyson Daniels. Um, uh, Ryan Rollins, mm. Ryan Rollins. I think I told you about Ryan Rollins. Um, yeah. I like him. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. Shout out to, uh, my guy, Corey, um, Taluba. Me on him. Taluba, right? Yep, that's my yeah, boy. Yeah, he's been he's been on the pod. Great dude. He, uh, I, I love his videos with the retro ESPN stuff. I told him the same thing. He's killing yeah. aesthetic YouTube, like yeah, editing. Fire. Like he's killing it, man. Shout out to him. He put me on my first magazine cover. Shout out to Corey, ah, bro. yeah, I remember that. I remember that. That's that was dope. That was dope. Yeah. P, great stuff. You know, you're always welcome back. Let's get a Friday night lights going soon. Um, where can we find you, P? Where can we find you? P, we the plug everywhere, man. Peewee to plug everywhere. Anything that you want to know where I'm at, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, type in Peewee to plug, and I should be the only thing that pops up. If not, let me know so we can get that fraud taken down. <laughs> <laughs> no, Peewee to plug. Or you can catch me on Tuesdays and Saturdays on the Through the Wire podcast hey. on YouTube, uh, all of the streaming platforms. Or you can catch me with Combo on the Friday Night Lights uh, sometime Friday. It may not be night. But it will be Friday. It could, it could be Friday lights. It could be Friday night lights. It might not be every Friday, but we're outside, Pete. We're going to be outside. It's going to be some <laughs> good basketball conversations, man. Most definitely. Pete, you're always welcome back on the show. Talk soon. Appreciate you, bro. Yes, sir. Hey, thank you for tuning into the show. Big shouts to Pete for joining in. We appreciate you. 
leave a rating and a review wherever you listen to Combos Court. Share this episode. Share it on Twitter. Share it on Facebook. Share it on LinkedIn. Share it on your IG stories and tag me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E. T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Be on the lookout for episode 362. Combo, 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 combo out.